Hey everyone, welcome back to another very exciting episode of Life's Multiverse. Last time we had an episode about dating and I said it was the best episode. And it turned out I was right. It has the most number of plays so far. And today we're continuing this saga and having another episode about relationships, where we'll push things forward in the step after dating and talk about the relationship itself, how to navigate relationships and overcome challenges, especially in the matters of communication between partners. Because now I know that y'all are not single anymore, because you listened to my previous episode about dating. And if you are, then you might need to go back and check it again. I'm just kidding. Whether you're currently single or already in a relationship, this episode will have a lot of information for you. And the theories that we'll discuss today will help you tremendously. I'll even add up some extra theory I found myself, so don't miss that. I'll also talk about different lessons I learned from my previous relationships and tell you what went well, what went wrong, and what will I change in the future. There's a lot to uncover. Did you know that there are three types of people in relationships? I can even tell you today which type you belong to. It's all based on science. If you are curious and interested, keep listening. And let's together now imagine this following scenario. For a couple in a relationship talking over the phone. She says, We've been together for a long time. Now it's time to make a move. We need to get married. Things should be serious because we're stuck in a rut and we're not moving forward. He says, I think I'm not ready for that. I believe we need more time. She says, but we've been together for years. What are we waiting for? It's definitely time to make that move. He says, in my opinion, the right moment didn't come yet. We need more time to get to know each other better and be more sure about our decision. This is not a casual event. It's for life. She says, All these years were not enough for you? I can't believe that. He says, This is all what I have to say. She says, If we don't take that decision now, it means this is the end. He says, Then let it be. They close the phone. He thinks, I can't believe how needy and dependent she is. She closes and thinks, He doesn't love me anymore. So, does that sound any way remotely familiar to you? If yes, then you are like me, because I've been there twice. Not literally, of course, and things did not end this way on the spot, but it didn't take long after that. And for a long time, I've been debating with myself who was wrong, me or my partner. Until later, I figured out that neither of us was wrong. It was just a communication problem, as it's the case in the vast majority of issues in the relationship. Most of the time, you're just having a communication problem. Might sound naive, but communication problems like that usually spiral, leading your whole relationship downhill. And today, I'm here to give you the tools to overcome these problems in the future that I wish I knew myself at that time and avoided lots of drama. And to learn more about that, let's start from the essence of the relationship, which is attachment. And here you might have heard before that you shouldn't be needy or attached to someone. You should be independent and only depend on yourself and support yourself when needed, where partners are just 
complementary in your life and not someone you should rely on. And it turned out that this is a mess. We are all wired for love. And being attached is a very natural and necessary aspect of the relationship. And what should you look for instead is called effective dependency. And it's when both your and your partner's needs are met. And many studies show that once we become attached to someone, the two of us form one physiological unit. Our partner regulates our blood pressure, our heart rate, our breathing, and the level of hormones in our blood. This is fascinating. As an example, there is one study done on women. They've been told they were about to receive a mild electric shock. And that was sort of stressful. And normally, under stressful conditions, the hypothalamus becomes activated in the brain. Three groups of women in this study. Some of them were alone, another group were holding a stranger's hand, and the third group was holding their husband's hand. The women who anticipated the shock alone had their hypothalamus light up, as expected, while the women who are holding a stranger's hand had less activity in the hypothalamus, and the women holding their husband's hand had very little activity in their hypothalamus. And the better they rated their martial satisfaction, the less stress reaction they had. And this demonstrates how people could regulate each other physiological and emotional well-being. And this study was only a confirmation from my experience. Because when I experienced an injury in my shoulder back three years ago, and I had the emotional support of my ex-girlfriend, things felt physically and physiologically easier. I was able to effectively deal with the pain and injury. While recently, without the emotional support, while I'm having health problems, the pain felt debilitating, and my stress is to the moon. So before claiming your independence, think twice. But here comes the plot twist. Not everyone gets attached in the same way. People have different attachment styles. It was at first very well recognized and studied in kids and children, and it was very useful in the domain of schooling and education. But later on, it was found that also adults have these attachment styles. And the best reference about that is the book Attached, the new science of adult attachment and how it helps you to find and keep love. It is an amazing book, and it was an eye-opener for me. And after learning more about disattachment styles theory, I was able to explain lots of behaviors and repetitive patterns that I saw during my past relationships. And now I consider myself well aware and equipped on dealing with similar problems and challenges in the future. And if you are getting curious, let me share with you my knowledge about this subject. So the moral of the story is that people have three different attachment styles based on their personality. And many scientists see that the source of these attachment styles is their upbringings, which means from their childhood or how they've been treated by their parents or caregivers. This is proven to be partially true, but it's not the only reason. Later on, it was found that there are multiple other factors like genetics or even previous relationships and experiences. The three styles are anxious attachment, secure attachment, and avoidant attachment. So let's discuss each separately. 
First we have the anxious attachment. And from the label you could feel that the person with this style is usually anxious about the relationship. The main characteristic about them is that they are constantly afraid that the other part will stop caring about them or will abandon them or stop loving them. These people will get attached to their partner very quickly early on in the relationship and it will be very difficult for them to detach from the relationship later on. They might also blame themselves a lot about problems in the relationship and they constantly seek validation from their partner that they still love them and they want to stay with them. And sometimes they feel that they are only one mistake away from their partner leaving them. And they used to suffer the most after breakups and it's very hard for them to move on. And when they are not in a relationship, they are usually preoccupied by the idea that they might never find someone. Did you spot yourself or your friend here? Congratulations, you are anxiously attached. If not, keep listening. The second type is secure attachment. Securely attached people are usually people who are described as like well put together or people who respect their partner's needs and they make sure that their needs are met. They find the right balance in the relationship. They rarely doubt the relationship or doubt their partner's loyalty, but they feel safe, stable and satisfied in the relationship. And when they are not in a relationship, they are confident that they can find someone right for them whenever they want to or whenever they are ready. And if this is not you yet, we have a third type for you. We have the avoidant attachment. Avoidantly attached people are usually people who are afraid of closeness in the relationship. They make sure to keep some distance and maintain their space with their partner. They usually don't share a lot about their feelings and tend to keep things for themselves. And when they are not in a relationship, they feel like it's very hard to find the right one for them. And even sometimes when they are in the relationship, they will feel some sort of dissatisfaction and they feel like their partner lacks some important characteristic and maybe someone better is just around the corner. And usually moving on for them is just like a blink of an eye. And these are the main three attachment styles. And if you are still curious and not sure which one is yours, well, I will add a link for a quiz from the book itself, which will help you figure out what is your attachment style. But it's also important to understand that things here are not black and white. We are not only one single type and nothing else. Usually people are on a spectrum. Like you might have percentages from each type and not completely 100% one type, even though it's possible, but unlikely. Also, the attachment style itself for one person might change over time or throughout different relationships, as it is something I think I experienced myself. Because your partner could amplify or tame some of the characteristics of your attachment style, which is in the book something called attachment style activation. And we'll talk about that shortly. So for me, for example, I scored 4 on the anxious, 9 on the secure, and 10 on the avoidant. So I discovered that I have a lot of characteristics from the avoidant attachment and secure attachment. And based on that, I could explain a lot of the behaviors in my past relationships that I was not even aware of. 
And I believe that I had a lot of secure characteristics in the past, but later on in my life, I had to rely on myself a lot and be independent in my life. So I overcapitalized on that and I thought that I don't need anyone to help me in my life. So I started to be more and more avoidant. And at first to me it was a source of pride and I saw it as a strength. But later on I found out that that doesn't really make sense. And people are very important and relying on people is not a weakness. And we'll discuss how these things will play out in the relationship. Important note here is that most people in the world, like 50% of them, based on some statistics, found to be securely attached. And we have 20% for anxious attachment and the rest 30% are avoidant attachment. But there is a trick here, because if you are having now a sigh of relief that there is a high chance that you'll find someone with a secure attachment, don't be too fast because usually people with secure attachment, even though they make the most of the society, they go into relationships very quickly and they used to stay the most in long-term relationships. So they are not that available. On the other hand, the rest of the dating pool is mostly anxious or avoidant people. But this is not the end. So the compatibility thing that I was talking about is simply that except securely attached people, usually two people from the same attachment style are not compatible together. Like it is rarely to find two people with anxious style and they found that it's almost impossible to find any couple both with avoidant style because they simply lack the glue to keep the relationship because they will keep avoiding each other and it's very difficult to form a relationship this way. On the other hand, a lot of people from anxious attachment are attracted to people from avoidant attachment. And this group could very much work, but they need to be careful. And I really mean it. Because here comes now my theory, the thing I told you about at the start, which is I would like to call pulling the rope theory. Or you can imagine it something like tug of war. Because as I said, one person does not have 100% of one single attachment style. They are usually on a spectrum. And if you are able to keep at least one long-term relationship in your life for more than a year, it means that you are definitely not 100% anxious or avoidant. But what's interesting here is that your partner's behavior will turn on or off some of these characteristics. So for example, let's say I have a lot of avoidant characteristics and let's assume that I have an anxiously attached partner. So this partner will be constantly seeking more closeness, asking for more intimacy and, and escalating the emotional status of the relationship. Where this will trigger a reaction in me as an avoidant, so I'll be more and more cautious about our space and I'll pull back from him. And I called it pulling the rope theory because you can imagine like something like a rope between us and we're pulling it from both sides and the goal is to keep it tight. So when my partner gets closer, the rope will get loose and I'll pull back. Got it? And what's different between couples is the length of the rope. So securely attached people are comfortable with shorter rope, 
or longer, like they have more tolerance. When they are with anxiously attached people, the rope between them is already short, the distance is already close, so anxious people don't have to push against them so much, right? And this will keep things in balance. Where on the previous example with the avoidant person, when they are pushing against them, the avoidant person will keep pulling back and this will generate some turbulence because the couple here can't find their balance. They can't find the point where they are both comfortable with the distance or the space between them and keep this rope tight. And now, remember the conversation from the start of the episode? Yes, exactly. This is a perfect example of anxious attachment style with avoidant attachment style. And again, this does not mean that I'm purely avoidant, but it's all about where does your boundary sit and what is the closeness that you're comfortable with. And the same applies for the other side or the partner. So it does not mean that they are doomed to be anxious, but it means that they should find their balance. And this is the thing that usually is done by communication. When you are openly communicating in the relationship about your boundaries, and especially when you understand that your behaviors are not just selfish, and let your partner understand that this is just part of the human psychology, only then you can work out and find your balance. Or otherwise, things will start going downhill. And as explained in the book, Attached, when the partner's needs are not met, usually they react with something they call protest behavior. And these protest behaviors are different for each attachment style and from person to person, but we can give some examples that you might be very familiar with. Like calling or texting many times, or withdrawing and giving threats to leave, or keeping scores in the relationship which means like counting how many times your partner called you so you will call them back in the same number of times or making your partner feel jealous. And as per the book, these behaviors are only done when the attachment style is activated. And this means when the needs of this partner are not met. And this could happen to anyone. For example, even that I mentioned that I mostly have secure and avoidant attachment, some previous relationships, when my partner was showing a huge avoidant tendency, they activated my anxious attachment behavior. Even though it's not dominant, but it still exists, and it does in everyone. And the same way you can activate your attachment style, you can soothe it and calm it down. So when you calm your partner's attachment style down, in this way you will only keep the secure attachment between you two. And this is very important because it will convert the relationship into something called a secure relationship, which is the ideal model of relationships that every couple should be working towards. And it's certainly achievable. And the way to do that is basically by two things. First is self-awareness. When you are self-aware of your behaviors that coming from your attachment style, for example, you will be more capable of dealing with them and you will know more about yourself so you can easily notice when you are engaging in some protest behavior or when your attachment style is activated. At the same time, you will be understanding your partner's behavior and you will not be blaming them for the things that they are doing and just understand that this is their way of communication and their way of thinking. And the second important thing is communication. 
Because learning to communicate effectively with your partner, particularly about your attachment needs and insecurities, can improve relationship satisfaction. And the most important thing is to be considerate of your partner's needs and to give them the benefit of the doubt. And don't try to push a change in them because changes take a lot of time. But everything could work the moment you find your balance. And I'd like to wrap things up here for today, but I can't avoid Socrates' voice in my head saying know yourself. So learn more about your attachment style. Don't be shy to take the quiz because it will move you one step closer to knowing more about yourself, as it did for me. But at the same time, remember that attachment styles are not set in stone. Also, we can't take them for granted as something 100% accurate because at the end of the day, they are just a model that makes it easier for us to understand the word and they are not reality, as it is the case in many theories in psychology. But it's proven to be very helpful in putting people on the right path for their relationship success. So I hope you found this information helpful and if yes, then keep an eye on the next episodes because the third part of the saga will come soon. Check out the other episodes as well. Until the next time.